Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, commanders. Greetings, commanders. A show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 391 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford. And joining me in the Ori's Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our usual Head of Health and Safety, Commander Edla Weiss, otherwise known as Ben Moss Woodward. Do you know who's not joining us this week, Colin? Who's that? Craig. Oh. We have no we we have no Craig, but now we do. We so, hang Hello on. Craig. You're late, you twat. Okay. Always be rude to the bot. Yeah, that that's yeah. that's handy. Um are you going to be rude to the bot, Commander uh Psykit, our um staff liaison officer? I could I could never be, be rude to our um, AI overlords. Oh, oh, okay, okay, that's that's good. Good to know that you know your place, which sounds a lot worse than I actually meant. But never mind. Let's Easy, Tiger. Right, we're waiting. Colin can start there, love. <laughs> um, and You're a bit scared uh, of any basilisks. Basilisks. Yes. What been? What been turned to stone? Uh, everybody be scared of being turned to stone. Uh, you don't know about the basilisk. What horrible creature that looks at you and turns you to stone? Um, yeah, I know about the basilisk. No, I mean, Roko's basilisk. Um, uh, no. What, what's this about Roko's basilisk? Uh, TLDR, a super sufficiently intelligent AI could, um, it's in its interest to stay alive. Therefore, mm-hmm. it's not in its interest to be friendly, shall we say, with other people who don't like AI. Uh, okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll... I'm trying yeah. to wonder. Oh, and that might you... also include time travel. Okay. Um, right. Obviously, I've lost some context somewhere. Commander Shan, our Inhuman Resources Director, do you have any context for this? Um, I was just going to ask can I be rude to the non AI bot? You're rude to everybody anyway. 
There will be no change what? there. What? What? Um, the very model of politeness. When do you ever hear me utter a swear word on stream or off stream? Um, if you're just limiting swear words to being rude... <laughs> that's a really that's a really obtuse way of looking at it. You can still be a complete arsehole and not say a single swear word. It's the start though, right? No, uh, uh, admittedly it does take it does take a bit of skill to be insulting without being swearing. Anyway, um if you wish you can we can't join us live actually. Um we've had some uh, technical problems, uh, I do believe. We do have, I think the Chris Mark 4 might be running somewhere, um, but there'll be no Ben tonight, as he'll probably tell you why in a minute. Um, but we are uh, <laughs> in our usual Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. You click on the live chat, or you can go to twitch.tv slash laveradio, or go to YouTube, or you can go to Facebook and Twitter. Yes, we're there. All our social media is, is covered, I think. So we will go around the crew, see how they've been. And I think we've got to start with Ben because you've had you've had a yeah, burn. Yeah, I, I, oh, I, I've had a fun week. Um, so, yeah, I, I suppose the, the... I've not actually done anything he terribly exciting in gaming because... My motherboard on my PC decided it was going to die on me. Um, so, yeah, I, I was happily playing some Grand Theft Auto for the first time with a friend for absolute ages, and all of a sudden my display just went black, and it was bad things happening. And I was like, what's going on here? And it got very, very confused. Thought, well, maybe things are overpowered and over overhot. So I, I let them sleep. Um, and I was like, no, it's still not working. Ooh, and I, I did some diagnosis. I worked with uh, Scan, who I bought my motherboard from. And they were like, yeah, we think your graphics card's uh, broken, mate. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, that's great. Um, if I, and they were like, well, don't worry. We'll send a, send a courier off to collect your graphics card from you. And you can just keep using your PC as normal. I then did some more debugging on, by myself, and I was like, hey, you know what doesn't work? My old graphics card. Now, if my old graphics card and my other graphics card don't work, that makes me think it's maybe not my graphics card. Mm. Um, I then got in touch with Scan, and I'm sorry, Scan, but I disagree. I, I like Scan, and I, I, I've bought pretty much all of my PC from Scan. Um... And I was like, he explained, hey, guys, I've tried this. I don't think the problem's with my graphics card. And I was like, well, because you bought your things in two separate orders, you can't just give us your PC. I'm like, well, you, you are not saying whether my, the problem is with my graphics card or, as I suspect, my motherboard. Right. Um... And you know you'll you you will accept me pulling my PC apart and posting my sending my motherboard to you, and you will send two couriers out to get my motherboard and my graphics card. Why can't we just you know like I I will happily box up my entire case and treat it as one thing. Then you can actually find out what the bloody hell the problem is, identify it and fix it. But they didn't want to work that way, so. I then went off and basically got in touch with my local PC manufacturer. And I was like, I've got this problem. And they're like, yeah, tell you what, uh, we'll come around, in, come around in about half an hour's time. 
and collect your PC for you, mate. And I was like, thank you very much. Um, so the downside is I'm having to pay them 45 quid for the privilege of them sort of taking my PC apart, putting it on a test bench and finding out the problems with my, is with my motherboard's PCI slots. Mm-hmm. But at least they actually found out the problems with my PC's motherboard. It's with my PCIe slot. And I didn't have to go through an entire rigmarole of taking everything apart and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, ugh. Far too, that, yeah. Far too much hard, hard work and time and effort and lack of reliability for when you're already having to pull things apart. Gotcha. Uh, so, so your yeah. PC list for the moment. but I am, San, be- I am sans PC. Uh, well, oh. I have my work laptop, which doesn't let me go and go onto any gaming sites like Twitch. Oh. Um, so that that makes life a bit awkward. Um, and I do I do have my shadow PC, thankfully. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm not set up for streaming or for anything, and I've not got my joystick working with it. And yeah, you know, I am hoping that I can phone Asus tomorrow and say, "Hey, Asus." My motherboard's broken. Can I get a new one, Plex? And they will say, yes, of course you can. How come you are having to deal with this and not scan? Because I suspect if I got in touch with scan again, they'll say, tell you what, Ben, why don't you take your PC apart and send us your motherboard? Whereas if I phone up Asus, they'll say, yes, Ben, we'll, we will, we'll send you out a, a motherboard and then I can give it back to these guys and they'll, they will fit everything up for me and things. Yeah, so that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, mm. it just makes for a much easier experience. I mean, I could go and I'll see what, when, and where I get my mother, motherboard. But I know this week I, I've been. I've also I'm also in a bit of a shell shock because my during COVID times I've been sort of rolling out of bed at five to eight, mm-hmm. taking care of business, and then starting work at eight o'clock. Right. Whereas I was in the office today for um, good reasons, but reasons. Um, right. Like uh, we're doing new products and just boring things that nobody else cares about, um, but I meant I had to get up at half past five this morning, so I am liable to fall asleep. Uh, so I have had, my, I have had, as you might be able to tell, I've had a lot of coffee. Yes, I, and I'm having more coffee. Uh, okay, yep, um, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can tell because your voice is about three three pitches too uh, higher than normal. So yeah, I, I'm sorry. Is that any better now, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it, it's, no, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> moving on from such technical drama, we'll move over to Commander Shan. How have you been for the week? Um, I haven't done much gaming at all, really. Still been... Right, moving on, then. <laughs> no, well, I've been pooling on a little bit with uh, Mass Effect uh, 2. Um, did a few Rubigo passenger runs to pay for this week's upkeep. Um, what else have been doing out of game? Out of game, um, Mrs. Shan has been obsessed with videos of Kitten Mark 2. Um, so that's been quite boring, really, to be honest. Oh, look, look, the kitten's jumped off the leg again. And so, yeah. Um, so, new kitten will be arriving in July, apparently. Right. And still waiting for the insurance company to sort the uh, £5,500 vet bill. Ooh, ow. That has to be settled. Um, yeah, uh, ow. And uh, let me see what else. Uh, become a quick, complete solar panel geek, uh, browsing through generation uh, in 50 minutes intervals throughout the day and the week just to 
Scryancy Sound Trend. Um, so that's that's been boring, but interesting. So it's just kind of been a bit meh, really. A bit kind of a bit of a letdown compared to the rest of you lot. Um, so yeah, been one of those weeks, really. Right, fair enough. Um, uh, Psychit. Hi. Uh, it's, it, have you had a more uplifting week? Well, I had an uplifting two weeks. I had a week off, didn't I? Of course um, you did. We had... Um, I haven't... Okay, so... There's been uh, like there's been a fair amount of like ups and downs because it's been there's been good like good moments but obviously um, I'm yeah. put I'm putting the fun in funeral and the W in wake tomorrow so yes. um, that's that's still very much um, a hot topic currently that said it's yeah. I've had a, I've had a really nice relaxing I had a really nice relaxing time off um, and yeah just really did my very very best to try and unwind as much as possible so yeah i just played a played a shit ton of video games i played um there was a new uh release of um one of my guilty pleasures house flipper had a pets dlc that came out which is adorable and wonderful i played all the way through that Mm-hmm. Um, I've been like playing my guilty pleasure games, so things like Train Valley Two and The Sims quite a lot. I had a dabble in the um, the PvP tournament um, that was going on. I oh, I won the first. We it was best of three. I won the first and then lost the second two, but the third was really close. So I'm quite proud of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fun. Um, and uh, I I've opened and played star citizen for the first time i've yet to do that properly you've, you've beat me to it so it's, just... in, it's invictus week at the moment so basically yeah. all i've done is wander around like uh, spaceships that i can rent effectively mm. it was so, it, like so the first time <laughs> The first time I played it, um, it it completely failed on me, and I died um, like four times to shuttles overlapping each other and causing me to be in hospital and all of that sort of stuff. The servers went right downhill. That was on Thursday, and then I was going to play it at the weekend, and I had mates going, "Yeah, don't play it. Don't open it. You can't see your friends list. You can't see anything." Because there was a couple of really high profile streamers streaming um, Star Citizen, and it. Um, completely bit them on the arse so there was like um, they weren't expecting that much traffic and on Monday it was a little bit better but it is really fun I can really see what they're trying to do with it and I think that's probably the the biggest compliment that I will give it it's it's it was incredibly buggy there was a lot of things that I was a little I was a little disappointed with but there was there is a lot of really good stuff in there and I'd love kind of like both to like there were bit, bits of star citizen that i'm like oh my god i'd love that to be an elite and there's bits in star citizen that are remiss that i'm like i feel like elite would do that better if that makes sense completely completely um hang on Shan. just i was just about to tell Shan that uh, ben is probably the best person to talk about the the elite star star citizen crossover. So I'll leave that up to him. So Shan, I was going to ask Sai about this um, house flipper game mm-hmm. and, the pets, and the pets DLC because you mentioned this house flipper game before, if I remember, and you said the aim is to like do a house up and then sell it. Is that right? 
Yeah. So with the pets add-on, do you have to like raise a pet and then sell the pet with the house? No. Or? So you're you're building the house for um it just like gives you additions of lots of different pet furniture and stuff and within the there's a little campaign bit within that campaign bit you can also buy yourself a pet that follows you around it's so sweet oh so you need pet furniture not yeah pet furniture and pets you you can go and get a pet i have a little puppy in game at the moment and it's amazing it's a really really it's it's really fun it was a really fun guilty pleasure for me Oh, okay, so the less manky your pet, the more money you get. No, because you're not doing anything with with the pet other than having it follow you around. It's a bit like a Tamagotchi. It's like an in-game Tamagotchi that you you discover the first one, and then you can you can play with cats and um, spiders and all different sorts of like lizards um, and snakes and other um, fish and all of that sort of stuff. Um, okay. But yeah, it was really fun. It was a re- it's a really okay. fun fun game. It was one of a plethora of really fun games that I enjoyed over the last week, Ooh, which is nice. Two questions. two questions then with that, sorry. Um, uh, first of all, if they're like Tamagotchis, if you style them, do they die? And second question is, if you get like cats and dogs and spiders and whatnot, can you make them fight? Um, no idea. Also, no idea. Third, third answer out of nowhere. This is an elite dangerous podcast. <laughs> oh, I thought we, I thought we were to a burger last week. So you know, I wasn't here. Otherwise, I just worked up to that. <laughs> in, in meanwhile, Ben, I take it you're going to say something about Star Citizen. Yeah, I was actually, I was, I was wanting to know what size feeling on the amount of sheer running around that you actually have to do in Star Citizen just to get to your ship. It's a do you, do you, Does it add to the immersion, especially, you know, especially with the landscapes and things like that? Or is it? do you think it's a waste of time? <sighs> it's true. It, I don't think I have enough time within Star Citizen to be able to qualify that. At the moment, it feels like a novelty, especially like where where I was. Um, it it would be Horizon like, is beautiful. Yeah, it, it, it would be like having a, like Elite Dangerous having an event within the Spirograph Nebula or something mm. like that. You know, like as a as a comparison, um, this the the feels like. Um, it, it it feels like a novelty to begin with, but I worry I worry that playing it more like longer there would be a um I would get like annoyed with it and mm. want more of that sort of um want want more of a blue circle. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No. I know what you I know what you mean. Um I know personally I never get tired so far in about a year of playing it. As actively as I can play anything, um, I've still not gotten tired of running through, you know, running up the ramp through the doors to my spaceship, to my, you know, and jumping in my cockpit, and then my my seats are rising up and putting me in position. But equally, it's like some there are times equally when you you're like, come on, I'm in a bloody rush. I haven't got time to try and open this bloody ramp. I, I don't. I don't feel like. As much as as much as Elite isn't um, a game that you can just pick up and play, and um, the same, the, yeah. there's not a, um, the, there's not a lot of things. I feel like I could 
go and play Elite for like maybe an hour, an hour and a half, now knowing what I know about the game. At the moment, my knowledge of Star Citizen makes me feel like I would, to have like a full Star Citizen experience, um, I would need to spend a little bit more time in the game, like maybe three, four hours Easily. to get what I would get out of two, um, a, a, out of an hour and a half of Elite. That's my, that's what I'm getting from a first impression basis. I will happily be proved wrong because it's beautiful. It's a space game. What's not to like? Yeah. Yeah, it's a space game with almost half a billion dollars pumped into it. So you oh, know, what's it's... not to like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was looking. The, they are. They are. Uh, literally this week, selling ships for three thousand dollars. It's ridiculous. It, um, the thing yeah. is, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do that, and they wouldn't yeah. sell ships for three thousand dollars if they didn't know that their people would buy those ships. Oh, for $3, these $3, ships are selling out within exactly. minutes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's it's and, wonderful. And you know, I, and I say, you know, you call them ships, but they are basically, you know, they're, they're like the, oh, the capital battle ships. Cruisers. Yeah, yeah they're, they're like the battle cruisers and the interdictors, aren't they? I think one of them, it's, it's meant to be crewed with about 50 people. I don't know, I got told off at all about pets, and now we're a Star Citizen podcast. Well, we're yeah, comparing and, and comparing yes. and making a comparison between the two. I'm not just going, look, Star Citizen is amazing because it, it, it's a good game. But I feel like there, there, there are always going to be comparisons that you draw between those two games because they were, they were kickstarted or whatever. They were crowdfunded at around the same time. There was a lot of, um, there, there is a general feel about Elite Dangerous being, um, and Star Citizen people being against each other. And in my personal experience, I haven't found that I've not noticed that. Uh, certainly um, not at the moment. Yeah, and I feel like we have a um because we have um we have a platform that people apparently people like to listen to this nonsense. I think it's important for uh, us to be us to be able to be as um uh, as critical of um other space games that are filling within that same niche market. I'll be exactly the same with um Starfield when it comes out. <laughs> if it comes, no, it will come out. <laughs> it will come out. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I feel it's very important for us to be aware of the entire space game, even science fiction sort of environment. Agreed. Yeah. Just absolutely. so you can compare and contrast. I don't think House Flipper really falls into that niche market. Spaceship Flipper, <laughs> I am them. <laughs> right. Well. Um... Ben, have you got fi uh, one final point to say? No, about that, that? that, that I, I said it uh, when Psychic went in, and you didn't jump immediately right. in. Well, well, after after that stimulating uh, diversion, um, my week. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I actually had uh, some really good experiences on the streams on Saturday and and Sunday. Instead of actually running missions, I just decided to go um, Odyssey point of interest spotting. Uh, and I came across a, a couple that I hadn't come across before, which um, basically was uh, crash sites, uh, and the the threat three was a was a crashed anaconda. I have never come across a crashed anaconda before, and it was surrounded by about um, twenty or so um, soldiers or scavengers who um, who all, who who killed me. I was disappointed with that, but I eventually managed to uh, explore an anaconda as it was crashed outside and i must admit it was really really impressive um so i'm actually going around um a lot of the the planets just 
searching for points of interest just so I can catalogue all the ones and and see what's actually there. Just uh, just and I, I found it a great deal of fun. Um, and also my let's see, my power play commander is almost a baron, so that means he can almost get an imperial clipper, which fits perfectly for the faction that he's the power play faction he backs uh, and also my Cullen to Colonia commander managed to get all, an extra 1,200 light years towards Colonia for the first time in months because basically I think I had about 15 to 20 jumps where there was, there was absolutely no biological planets whatsoever so I was finally able to to make some headway, and then since then I've hit about three systems in a row with about five biologicals on each. So that's been about that. Um, for those of you who are interested in the um, the Zeno Bunny, um, he got taken to the vets on Sunday, and he was absolutely fine. What after the vets or before the vets? Well, put it this way: he won't come anywhere near me now because he thinks that any time I come near the bunny, uh, he he will run away because he thinks he's going to the vet. But apart from that, um, no, the vet gave him his once, once yearly checkup and injections and stuff. And uh, for a six-year-old bunny, he's doing very well. Six years old? I thought they only lived about a couple of years. No, um, normally, rabbits live between six to eight years. You're very lucky if you get one lasting to ten, which is probably explains why with the the bunny that we got to keep Thumper our Xeno Bunny company with um, passed away so quickly was because I think that she was a lot older than the shelter was was letting on. So, uh, yes. So, yeah, that's been my weekend. It's been fun. Uh, and uh, thanks, of course, to everybody who's joined me on the streams because it's always nice to have someone to talk to when you're flying out in the black. <laughs> uh, so, let's move on because... As we see uh, the Chris Mark IV run around the uh, run around various places, uh, we actually have had a bit of development news that we're going to be able to talk about today. Um, obviously, Frameshift Live number eight happened last week um, on the Thursday and gave an update of um, a lot of what's coming up uh, in the next. Uh, update. Now, originally it was scheduled for the end of May, they kept on saying, which we suspected was going to be the very 31st. But then we finally got a date for this uh, this update, which is going to be the 7th of June. The reason it's been delayed is because, um, well, if you're in the UK, we've got a big holiday coming up and they wanted to be able to support uh, support the game after the release without, you know, having a bank holidays getting in the way. Uh, yes. So, yes, 60th Jubilee, long bank holiday for a lot of us. Oh, hello. Go on then, Sean. I was going to say, these bank holidays suddenly spring up, don't they, out of complete random to delay things. But being, being a bit uh, thing, I, I'm not surprised they delayed it, and I'm glad they delayed it, because I'd much rather them say, actually, guys, it's going to be mid-June rather than the start of May um, because the more open they are about slips in, date, in dates, the less grief they get. Although perhaps blaming it on bank holidays, which we've been known about for years, probably would be a slight adjustment I would personally make. 
Oh, uh, personally, I think it's it probably is just a bank holiday because you know what it's like. If they if they end up with a a problem, they will you know things will be out of action for four days. Oh, I completely get. They don't. They want to make sure people are around, but the bank holiday has been known about. So why? So why didn't they just say it's going to be mid June, knowing full well there'll be bank holidays? Says so, the man who's just admitted that bank holidays are sneaking up on him. No, no, I was saying I was being facetious. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm glad they've delayed it because I'd rather it be delayed and be good than rushed and go out in a bad state. Yeah, psychic. Um, uh, no, like two things. Go on. I've had plans this bank this bank holiday, and it still won't go in my head that it's a bank holiday because it's a it's a Thursday and a Friday, isn't it? That's it's not usual. Monday, yeah. yeah, that ain't usual. That's not something that 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 can be something that creeps up um uh, uh, on you. Also, it was due to come out in May. They never had a date for it, and I think when it started to look like it was going to come out at towards the end of May, and then they realised, oh, you know what? Actually, if we drop this like right on the end of May, we're going to have limited staff in order to do it. It make it, it it absolutely makes sense. Second point: the seventh of June is a Tuesday. <laughs> Yay! We what? get the drop on everyone for once. What? Or do we? Because remember, no, usual, no, don't, usual, don't. Patch, usual patches, they, they, they only really work properly the day after they're supposed to go well, in. we'll have That's patch notes, Shan, and that is more than we normally have. <laughs> don't jinx it. No, it's true. Well, well, hopefully with a bit of luck, fingers crossed, um, Sally might be back in. The Sally-based patch notes... Uh, are always good for a laugh. Hasn't been confirmed that she's she's going to make it back to work just yet, but um, yeah. So that ben, means she's not going to yeah. do her stick notes from her bed and patch notes from her. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking about you know bank holidays springing up on people. Frankly, Wednesday brings up jumps up on me, yeah, especially, <laughs> especially in COVID times. Yeah, I never know what shopping day it is. How do you guys ever make an appointment anywhere? Well, to quote Arthur Dent, this must be a Thursday. I never got the hang of Thursdays. But it's and, not, and... though. It's Tuesday, Colin. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. So, and, right? and as to how I get how I do things, Alexa, please set a timer for 5pm on Monday morning. <laughs> I have That's three you... different Google calendars for different <laughs> events. Yeah. Oh, uh, just. I, mean, I, I so, oh, sorry, Carl. Um, I literally had three alarms set for reminding me to go to work this morning. <laughs> um, on, on the subject of Arthur Dent, just to let everybody know, uh, just a little uh, the early. Any other business? Um, tomorrow is the twenty fifth of May, which is Towel Day. So, if you're into your Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, take a towel to work <laughs> and and make some. A contribution to a hitchhiker's related charity. So, <laughs> um, yes, well, so obviously the release date is now being uh, unfurled towards the rest of us. Um, <laughs> as usual, you can see that there's got a, a lot of rage on the forums. Most people seem to be understanding, but there are, as is the usual, uh, quite a few, like, that's it, I'm off to play Star Citizen, blah, blah, blah. So, um, yes, there's... Uh... 
Um, there's just the usual stuff. So, apart from that, they actually went into some details. Uh, first of all, they've got quite a few um, quality of life items coming, mostly to do with sitting down. So from update 12, you'll be able to sit down and use the interaction menu. So the magna pants no longer interfere with your HUD. Um, you can also sit down at the bar and then talk to the barman while sat down. No drinkies, though. You no. can't order a bloody drink, though, can you? No. No. Go, go and order a drink in Star Citizen, you little shit. I'm joking. I can. I'm a coffee. And that's assuming the AI actually decides to work. There is that. Yeah. Um, obviously, well, we've got sitting down on the fleet carrier. Um, was there anything extra about sitting down on the fleet carrier? Oh, the um, special iPad, special swinging in iPad can now um, will now be uh, the ship controller uh, platform. Uh, which everybody really thought, why haven't you put that down? Uh, and, yeah. Jan? With the fleet carrier sitting down, I thought they'd link that with the ability to jump the carrier. Yes, they have. The carrier yeah. so that was, that, that's probably what they meant by sitting down in the fleet carrier. Yeah but, yeah, but what they also meant was, you know that little um, control iPad that when you sit... when you're The, the, the iPad guy. Yeah. No, no, not the iPad guy. You know when you sit down in your command seat, because you've got a command seat, I haven't, and the, the the iPad swings around next to you, you know, very next generation style, you can then control your uh, fleet carrier from that, uh, that new iPad instead of um, having to go through to the ready room. But the whole point of having a command share is so you can go, right, you... Jump a carrier, go there, do that. I don't want to do it myself. I want to get someone else to do it. <laughs> You've been playing Bridge Crew too much. Actually, which is ironic, because you never, ever take the captain's role in Bridge Crew. I'm much better at blowing things up. No, but you see, this is the thing, because you're the one that always says, I, I want to be there commanding, and yet you never do. Yeah, but if, as and when the ship blows up, you would blame me for sabotaging the mission and being a sham, so it's a lose-lose. Yeah, but it's your responsibility to make sure that we don't blow the ship up. No, the fun part of being in command is giving the orders without the responsibility. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, we shall move on to the other fact that they've got well over a hundred bug fixes in uh, confirmed to come in for this, uh, for this patch. Um, they are also giving more money uh, in anarchy systems for selling illegal goods. Um, there is now the addition of shipyards in prisons. So there's no need to catch the the adder of shame. Do they allow you to buy ships? Or is the shipyard just transferring your existing ships, did they say? It's probably going to just be a standard shipyard. I can't see them making a special cut-down version of the shipyard just for the... It might be just one without any any availability. I'd be very surprised if you could buy a ship from a, um, from a prison. Yeah. Ben? 
Yeah, I'm agree. I completely agree with Psychic there. I think it's going to be a shipyard with no stock. At least I hope it is. Um, but frankly, I'm actually not fully convinced. I agree with this. Like, I kind of feel you should take the walk of shame after being, <laughs> you know, after you, you know, after you've been nicked. It's the apex of shame and the way back. Yeah, Psychic. I think I personally think because they have the. Um, the technology to have a shipyard without any ships in it with fleet carriers. Mm-hmm. So, um, you can just do the same at prison. You can, I, I imagine it will be the same uh, with prison. I'd be very surprised if they let you even buy a sidewinder. Yeah. <clears throat> Jan, you were going to say something. Yeah. I was just thinking about the uh, shipyards question. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm in agreement with Ben and Stai actually on this. It wouldn't really make sense to have a stock of anacondas. For example, a uh, jail. You know, uh, the most you'd expect to um, to have would be a sidewinder. But I guess the question is then of time, because if you've got to transfer your ship from where you left it or where you died to back, is that actually going to be any quicker than taking the apex of fame? To tell you the truth, from what I've I've experienced of the apex. Um, I found the Apex to be quicker than actually waiting on a ship to arrive. We did a race, didn't we? We did, and the Apex beat Ben. Uh, maybe, actually, when you think about it, maybe the only ship that they should have there is an Adder. <laughs> that you would be a real deterrence for you in the coin. <laughs> yeah, because you either take the, the, uh, the Apex of shame or the Adder of shame. Uh, Matt has had a suggestion. Go on. Uh, he said, those of us who are hardened petty criminals will keep ships at the prison in preparation for these things. I was just thinking about that. Like, you could move the first time that you get arrested, especially if it's near um, near a, something that you're working pretty hard on being, like, a nefarious BGS-type human. And um, along those lines, I, you might move... And store six or seven ships just in case. But then you've got to send the ship back, haven't you? Say that again, Chan. Sorry. Sorry, you say if you store a ship and you get sent to jail, you then have to send your prison ship back, don't you? Ready for the next time. Well, yeah, that's why I'm saying when the first time you get arrested, bring six or seven long range ships over. And then job done. Um, When you get to your last ship that's there, you're like, okay, I'm going to bring back, order back my other ships. Do you see what I, I mean? I, I still think that you should have to serve time in an orange as, as both Sidewinder. It's still one of the ideas I wish they'd put in. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am 100% with you there. I think, you know, we should have a, a Sidewinder with no FSD drive, and we should clean up, you know, i.e. scoop canisters of bio-waste from outside of the station or something like that. I think you should go mining and make big rocks into little rocks. Yeah, that, that's another another one which you could do. Um, but could we be seeing a return then of the Hall of Taxi? Because that would be the optimum ship, wouldn't it? To be your prison ship. I'm sorry, someone's just made a, a Blake 7 reference. I know, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's just driven psychic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for the for the listening audience, our tech monkey for this evening is wondering if 
while we're doing nefarious things on in prison ships, if we would stumble across the, the Liberator. <laughs> oh, you wish. Oh, we yes. all wish. We all yeah. wish. Especially Chris Jarvis. Yeah, yeah. Which keeps on making me say, put in the Imperial Trader, because that was the closest thing that looked like the Liberator mm. from um, First Encounters. But, moving on from there, um, we also have a new the new mission variant was they went into a great deal of detail about it they also had tom cool um who came to talk about it as well um it's a variation on the existing defend the mcgubbin at the center of a base except this is illegal you're defending something like a, uh, a drugs stash uh against the rosas who are coming in and um uh, basically trying to, well, arrest you all, no, probably execute you all in a full Judge Dredd type way. And uh, apparently, they're, uh, according to uh, Tom, they are going to make these guys as rock hard as they can make them. So you better have everything at a, at a upgraded to level five and also the not solo. This is this is supposed to be you guys working as a as a as a criminal team. Shan, when I read about the new mission type, the first thing that occurred to me is: is this a test bed for on foot Thargoid missions where you need to defend said base against Thargoids? Yep. It sounds to me as if it's going to be quite easy. Once you manage to, to get the mechanics working here, it'll be quite easy to swap out the um, the Rosas for um, for bugs, I would have thought. Potentially, yeah, that's a really good point. So, you know, that that's uh, one of the things we could point me, might have to, to look forward to, is uh, basically defend the base against uh, bugs, which... Always reminds me of that bit in Starship Troopers where they discover that fort <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Let's hope it takes less ammunition to kill a bug than it does a Starship Troopers. Well, it, it takes quite a lot of ammunition to get rid of a level level five cop, apparently. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that is going to be interesting. Yeah, a browser also says that the fun part of those missions will be getting Notoriety 10 very fast because you're killing Omnipol. I'm sorry, Omnipol. It sounds like some really strong painkiller. Or something for Robocop. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. That's actually quite an interesting thought regarding the crime and punishment because one of the things that slightly puts me off on put combat is the fact that when you die mm -hmm. it takes you so long to get back into where you were again i'm not talking about conflict zones but i'm talking about you die you escape the prison ship and it, it can take it can be quite disruptive to the flow of gaming to do that so i'm just wondering if it's going to be easier to get back into the swing of things in the existing now. in the existing uh, scenario um, you know, the, the, you defend the McGubbin. Um, what happens when you die? Is it is it is it a case of you have to you you respawn on your ship and you have to get back down there again? Or are if they you're in the conflict zone, it's fairly quick. If yeah, you have that's any the conflict kind of, zone. But if you have is, any kind of bounty, you're back in jail. You have to take the adder of shame and that sort of thing. Yeah, 
but that's that's not what I asked. I mean, I know I know about that. What I was wondering is if anybody who's had experience of this um, this mission and have died halfway through this mission, what happens to you? I was back up on my ship. You you were back up in your ship. Yeah, so like a normal, a, like a, a non nefarious respawn kind of thing, rather than yeah. being in um, in prison. However, uh-huh. with with these, um, if you're doing something that's illegal, um, yeah, it's weird because would you still have a bounty? And or um, I don't know with a, with it being a mission whether you'd have notoriety, providing that you're killing the right people. Because um, correct me if I'm wrong, hasn't it been a little while now? The same thing that notoriety isn't applied if you you're doing illegal things or missions. That might be incorrect. Now it used to be the case. Well, that's that's one thing that's confused me about what's happened with this. When, um, in on the ship missions, if you do something illegal, you do get notoriety. So, if your your mission was to assassinate a innocent trader, you know those wet work missions, then um, you get notoriety for doing it. It's because yeah. Uh, but as far as as far as the on foot missions are concerned, I haven't actually taken an illegal mission yet. Any legal mission, any hit that I've done, all seem to be legal. So basically, when you get to your target and you you take out that target, you don't get notoriety for that, which I found weird. I feel like that's always been the case, though. I feel like you've you've never got notoriety for as long as you as long as you don't kill. Like, as long as you don't kill, like, Derek, who accidentally... As long as you don't go full no witnesses, then I think you're all right. If if Derek or Kevin is around the corner watching you, then yeah. you might have an issue. But um, as long as you're just, like, secluding the one person and doing them a murder, I'm pretty sure you're okay. Oh, right. Yeah, Mac Winston says you only get notoriety if you kill someone not related to the there mission. There we go. So, Derek, so as, long, as long as Derek and Kevin are still alive and they stay safe, you're fine. Yeah, because I thought you got two kinds of assassination missions. You got ones which are marked le- well, which are marked illegal, and even if if you got the target, then poor De- let's say you killed Derek and he was innocent, then you got notoriety. But there's another kind which is a a faction hit, which says right this this person's been up against our faction, so we're legally giving you a bounty for him. You know what? That is going to be the subject of my next stream. I'm going to do some social experiments to find out who or who I can or cannot kill. Please go for no witnesses, Colin. Please go for no witnesses. I yeah. so, so if you are Commander Derek, just hide. <laughs> yes. No one trusts. No, no one trusts. Derek and Derek. Kevin, they had it coming. No one trusts a Derek, especially if they're smart. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> sorry, that's an old joke. Don't worry about it. Um, so, will I mean, guys? You guys, do you want to discuss the um, the stuff now, or do you want to do it later? Let's do it later. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um. Obviously, we had Tom. Uh, cool uh, on the on on 
on the stream uh, who was uh, talking about the various things that we're doing with the uh, uh, with the mission and, and how difficult it was to put in and things like that. Uh, this is one thing that I didn't realise. Um, Tom, he used to work in Star Citizen as well. Oh, as as with many people in games development, especially <laughs> you know designers, like you know, you you do you work on a job, then you go to another game company, then you go to another one and rinse and repeat. Yeah. But to be from what I can understand, both Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen, well, both Robert's um, RSI and Frontier. Mm-hmm. do have very high retention rates for the gaming industry. Yeah, I, I was under that impression, actually. Yeah. That, you know, it's very... It's, I mean, we've seen community community managers come and go, but um, we've, we've also seen that uh, there are still names on the roster doing work on Elite that were there right at the very beginning. Oh, hi. So, you know, it's... Um, they must be doing something, right, um, Sean? Well, maybe, maybe community managers and developers are like Pokemon, where once a community manager gets enough experience, they evolve into a developer. <laughs> oh, if that's the case, then Sally D evolved. Well, I mean, Paige, for example, started off in customer service, didn't she? As yes. a QA, and then she evolved into a CM, and now she's a developer. So I like, I like Pokemon. They don't leave, they just evolve. They just evolve into something else. Yeah. I mean, so what I, I thoroughly enjoyed the developer interview. Um, there, I do have to point out one thing that, it, uh, for some reason, the forums um, seems to be getting fixated on at apparently 58 minutes in there is an unfortunate biological sound what sort of biological sound well the... does it sound like a fart colin are they children, make, is it the children? Sound. make the sound colin we don't, Please know don't make the sound colin you don't I need to make the sound. I, I i can't make the sound it's just kind of like the phantom raspberry blower really so a mystery what? sound was made oh don't 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 distract him side we want we want to make Colin, make the sound. No, nah, we don't. Listen, it's listen fine. What? It's, you want to make Colin make the sound, but it's fine. But listen, if Shan can actually spell it properly, then he's quite welcome to try and then pronounce it. <laughs> um, yeah, so the forum's got quite... What, B-O-F-F? <laughs> uh, quite obsessed with that for some reason. Could it be as such as it's a very childish place? I don't know. But apart from <laughs> aforementioned childish incident, um, yeah, what did everybody think of the, the actual uh, developer interview? Um, I just want to say, I, I have a Tesla, so therefore the, the, the sound is like, causes endless glee. So I'm a kid in that. Um, I thought the dev team was quite good, actually. It was, it was good to have a, um, a developer on and a designer on to talk in more detail as to the thought process and things like that, so they should definitely keep on that track. Mm. Yeah, I thought I thought that was very welcome. Psychic. Yeah, Tom. Tom's wonderful. I really like Tom. Anyway, he's a um, re- he's he just feels the the information that you get from him is with such passion as well. Mm. Like um, he, he's got a proper love for dev and a, a proper love for like space. Uh, space games, as it were, and his t-shirt was really cool. 
he had this like Nintendo t-shirt and it was very cool and I liked it a lot and speaking of Pokemon it had some Pokemon on it as well um but yeah like it I hope that this is a sign of things to come and maybe not every week but mm-hmm. not, not every week not maybe not every fortnight but um at least like one out of two there's a they've managed to schedule in sometime sat down with a another um dev or someone who someone else who works doing stuff i'd love to hear from qa i'd love to um have breeze have a conversation with qa i think that would be lovely um i do take small umbrages on questions such as what's your favorite ship and what's the best ship in the game i feel like those questions are asked pretty regularly yeah (laughs) not that it steals anything from flight assist yeah man (laughs) but yeah i thought it was really good i think he's i think he's a lush bloke I, i i've got a lot of time for him yeah yeah um ben yeah not that tom's answer i thought for what's your favorite ship was a common one i I don't think a lot of people say the viper do they not many people do actually although to tell you the truth if you are to your good old buckyball the uh, uh, vipers yeah i mean the suit viper is a very good ship Mm -hmm. but you know these days especially is like all about the crates or the furry lance, or the corvette, and things like that. So yeah, I was delighted when he went off and said one of the one of the original ships in the game. Um, well, the adder, as as Norman says, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, He's I, I that to wind me up. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is as well. Yeah, I, I like I said though, I really enjoyed the the, the interview. Um, and I love what I really appreciated though was. The way that, well, there's two things I appreciated, actually. First was the way that they said that they reused the spotlights on the, as you come in the docking bays, uh, in the police hangar. I thought that on the police um, ships that come in, I thought that was just great seeing, you know, just hearing the way that they did that and the reuse of it. Yeah. The second thing doesn't surprise me. Um... And I understand why it happened, but that's how you know, Tom told us how long they'd been sitting on the Scorpion for. Yes. And, yeah, you know, we all know things get designed and then left in the game or, you know, not fully realised. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, as, as we've seen, you know, that also includes some ships' interiors. You know, so, um, you know, so, you know, we know that there are parts of the interiors that have been realised, but they've not been fleshed out, and the Scorpion was exactly the same. And then it's like, hey, you know what? We need an SRV coming up, or we need something that works like an SRV for things. What can we do? We can use that. Yoink. And you know, then you go and flesh it out. Oh, that, that was interesting, and it's, it's the way the development works. The number of proof-of-concepts I've done that yeah. never made it in is just ridiculous. Um, and then frankly, vindicated, how- Ben. Oh god, yeah. I mean, probably, <laughs> yeah. As anyone who's works in development will know, there is nothing so permanent as proof of concept. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Um, Shan, uh, on the dev interview. Yes, I'm, I kind of hope he, uh, we can get him on the show so I can ask him some questions. I think that'd be quite interesting. Uh-oh. 
And uh, on the Blues and Twos, did anyone think, oh, well, let me think of two things, actually. First of all, a quite old game called G-Police. And secondly, the video stuff I showed reminded me a bit of Blade Runner. Actually, yeah, that's that did remind. I see where you're coming from, especially in the dark. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool, actually. A pretty cool effect. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the uh, uh, what Tom was was saying. Um, it does uh, it does remind me that about the fact that yeah, the Panther Clipper concept that people uh, basically were looking at before that's probably one of these things that's on the shelf and to tell you the truth it's probably waiting for a proper gameplay environment where it could come in useful Um, I'm hoping that they do carry on to put it through but um, yeah it's it's going to be quite a quite a uh, yeah it's it's quite interesting to see that that they you know they they work on things and then put them on the shelves. It's um, yeah. So I think we uh, will we'll move on from the development news because uh, there's been plenty plenty going on there. Let's have a look at the in-game events which have been happening this week. Well, on the nineteenth of May, Rackham's lavish celebration about coming a multi-trillionaire concluded. Um, it was. Yeah, it was a community uh, a community goal that everybody enjoyed delivering stuff to. So uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, though, the Como crew has really decided to go full mental on the how should we, how should we put this the uh, the faction that caused problems last week. So there is a combat community goal in progress at the moment, much demanded by people. It must be said, because um, uh, a, com- a combat community goal um, was very, very popular on the on the forums. A lot of demands were made for it, and uh, so yes, if you if you want to fight for the pirates, the pirate king and the Como crew, you you know where to go. Um, on the twentieth of May. A mystery started to unfurl. Um, a new dredger clan. Um, the Dredger Clan is continuing to examine the abandoned generation ship Galconda in the Apanikis. You necklace, you necklace. Thank you, Psychic. I was just looking at that and having an anxiety attack. <laughs> I could hear it. I could hear you slowing down. I was like, oh shit, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's quite interesting because apparently um, you can go to Foster's Choice. And walk around Foster's Choice, where the uh, where obviously the the people from the Galcona Gal Conda uh, now live, uh, but the the shut up shop, everything is is um, completely and utterly shut down. So, but they are not. But the Dredger Clan aren't doing anything. They some people expected it to start salvaging the the um the generation ship but it seems to be left alone so that's an ongoing weird situation which is happening um next up 
Salvation has been talking again. Um, the anonymous scientist Salvation has made a statement following his latest success against the Thargoids. It says, This is Salvation, the deployment of my anti-Xeno superweapon in Didionovas and Sosong was highly effective, just as I anticipated. Billions of lives were undoubtedly saved as a result. Um, and then goes on to claim, The end of the war is finally within reach. Those that hold faith with my work will be vindicated and humanity can close a chapter on this existential threat. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen somehow. <laughs> I, I think it's that we've just got... building up, in it? It is building up. I mean, this is this is the pride before the fall. I think this is your slow burn. This is the beginning of the really slow burn where um, they just edge us closer and closer to a full com full Thargoid combat. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, and yet there's been something else which has happened with dredges. Um, the Blue Viper Club Dredger Clan has unexpectedly severed ties with the Como Crew which is um, currently battling the aforementioned rebellion. No ex explanation of or itinerary was provided when the nomadic space dredger jumped from uh, the Pegasi Sector PN-TC3-14 to an unknown destination. Um, yes, so there's there's another space dredger out there now. That one's been that That Blue Viper one's been seen before, though, hasn't it? That was the one... Oh, that went and picked some stuff the other, the other time. That the blue viper one was the original one that we we saw again in game, and the one at the Golconda. The last time we saw that was in the beta. I might I might be wrong with that. That is yeah. Um, well, this this is the weird thing about the space treasures. I'm glad that um, that we're seeing more of them. Uh, there was the the initial one that just turned up, which was the university one. That 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 suddenly appeared. That suddenly appeared somewhere next to a, gen, uh, a dead generation ship, uh, and then went again. And the, you know, there's a whole load of stuff about that. Uh, but yeah, these these are actually, I thought, two new dredges because the one that's turned up by the Galconda is not the same university one, even though it might have the same <laughs> the same. Um, uh, audio logs on it but um this blue viper one I'd, I'd never heard of this one before um chan yeah do you think the dredges should be bigger because when they uh, are mentioned in the originally classic manual mm -hmm. it gives the impression they're absolutely ginormous and i'm sort of thinking about the same size of the doomsday machine in star trek it's um, funny that's exactly what was going through my head as well uh, and, you know, they're like mini dredges. So, you mm -hmm. know, I, I, I was kind of hoping when they appeared they'd be the size of generation ships or something. Maybe we need to feed it more bends or something to see if it grows. <laughs> yeah. Oh, apparently it took up... Uh, the Blue Viper Club dredger arrived in the, the Pegasi sector on the 2nd of July, 3307. So it's been there for, for almost a year. Yeah. I just wow. I, I I chose to Google and um, got that information. I that didn't one, know that it was still there. I I didn't know that it yeah that it actually been put in. Was that before the 
um, the university dredger turned up? Or was it about the same time? See, don't you think Etienne Dawn could have something outside his base, either like a Kumo through Praetor or Dredge or something like that, just to kind of set the scene? Yeah, well, um, you're, you're just on about, well, the Kumo crew are, are pretty much the Etienne Dawn of, uh, of the bubble, so yes. Well, it makes sense they'd be in partnership because obviously, um, Economies of scale and all that. True. Very true. Did we get confirmation which of the dredgers appeared um, on the last Halloween thing with the spiders that came up out, out of the ground when they sensed heat and ate, and ate everybody? Yeah, Did we I get was, confirmation which one that was? I was under the impression it was the university one because it disappeared and then it reappeared next to the megaship. Uh, Katiana said, do you mean the Scriveners, Dredger? That's the, the Scriveners, yeah. But the Scriveners were based on some kind of research, university research project that went a bit nuts. Oh, well, not many months ago before they do another Halloween event and maybe give us more detail. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Um, right. I think it's that time of the week again. Score alert! In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your art. In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your And welcome back. Well, actually, the Anaconda Shear Line uh, uh, paint jobs have appeared in the store. And I must admit, I actually quite like the first one, uh, which is a, a white, a mainly white with a, a, a blue body and a yellow go faster stripe. They do strike me very much as, um, I don't know, very white star liner. Yes, it looks like it should belong on a beluga or something, doesn't it? It does. I, I really actually quite quite like the Shearline Zero One. Um, I, I'm almost tempted to get it for my my Anaconda if I ever flew it again. <laughs> um, what does everyone else think? Yeah, I'm with you. It's very very nautical. <laughs> very nautical <laughs> someone's put up uh, sent me a picture of a a, a tub of matey bubble bath <laughs> I remember that which uh, yes that's very reminding need a towel and a pillow yes oh we always need a towel yeah so it comes in in the uh, uh, I, I, I actually quite like the fact that the 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 sheer line one's actually got a red underbelly as well, which is quite nice. The sheer line two's got a blue underbelly, and then you have the sheer line three, which is orange, and 
Oh, sorry, that's that, I don't agree with that one. If you're going for a ship theme, the red should be a darker red, though. It needs to be a brownie red to be the same colour as a hull. Yeah, I see. Maybe that's a Jubilee one. Because what is it? It's like um, red, white, and blue, and then gold. I don't know. It's an anaconda Actually, in it. Yeah, I, can, the bin. I can understand that. Yeah. Well, then, should we, they should be on Imperial ships, though, wouldn't it? if it's Jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, would you prefer that, uh, that uh, paint job on a Corvette, then? Psychic? I mean, I, mean I, I, I can't see myself stretching for the Biox button for him. I'm not going to lie. It looks like a speedboat, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it definitely looks like one of those um, power boats that uh, you see, isn't it? With yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. It's um, it's nice and everything, but it's it's not to my tastes. Mm, I don't know. I'm tempted. I'm te- I, yeah. I am actually tempted. It might be my first um, paint job purchase in quite a while, actually. So uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see, Shan. Yeah, I was thinking a little bit uh, Corvette paint jobs, and no, I don't see on a Corvette because in my mind the Corvette needs to be military. It needs to be kind of thuggish looking. I think, uh, and that's too elegant. You think? Yes, on an Imperial ship like a Clipper or a Cutter or something. Yeah, it would, it would, it would, it would suit. But on a Corvette, no, that they, they, they are the, uh, they are the thug of um, large fighting ships. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Um, yeah, I mean, is anybody else having pro? Oh, you're the you're the um, the expert on the uh, the federal Corvette. I'm I'm sure I've asked this before, but have you had problems with some of the um, ship skins? I wish I could tell you because I haven't flown it. Oh, no, I flew it as part of the Buckyball races because I have the Epiphys No, which yeah. is a very important ship that needs to be flown as part of like the inaugural, inaugural um, Buckyball runs um, in the Unlimited. Um, but I haven't changed the skin on it for a very long time. And other than that, I haven't flown it a lot because, I, as I've said before, Odyssey doesn't that a lot of groundwork in Odyssey doesn't really lend itself to a um, a large ship. So predominantly, what I've flown when I've flown a Corvette, I've been in Horizon, so I've not really noticed anything. Right. Yeah, my Corvette is the Midnight Black, so because as I said, it needs to look like a bruising ship. So I don't know. Um, it, it does bug me on some ships that you buy the paint job or have a new paint job and it already looks worn or they've, they've had a malfunction spray bay. And I'm talking about you, Ferdinand. So, yeah. <laughs> Ferdinand is one of those ships where I, I I have bought paint jobs for it, but I never I never put them on it because the original paint job, the the, the default skin, is is just perfect. <laughs> For me, uh, I, I absolutely love the kind of Staskin Hutch vibes that I get from it. I don't know about on your screen, but if you look at the default skin on the Ferdinand, they the paint's chipped. It's like it's been behind a gritter lorry for a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to double check that. Anyway, um, I think we shall take a break and then we'll come back with some main discussion about what we thought of the uh, the potential update in the next couple of weeks. 
Sweet dreams, little ones. You rest up in your hangar bay because in the morning you'll wake up to smell fresh laser fire because you're in a federal Corvette. And there's one thing that a core dynamic ship does well, and that's hill ships. Big ships, small ships, wings of ships. We even have a go at booping asteroids. Enemy shields down. Enemy dead. There's no further targets, Commander. That's all you'll ever have to say in a federal Corvette. Core dynamics. Let's not talk about skimmers. Oh, boy, space is cold in here. That commander has a cheek sitting up in his cosy and warm cockpit while we haul radioactives around his cargo bay. Oh, is it cold? I hadn't noticed. Oh, that's right. Why, you're not even shivering. Maybe it's because I picked up this North Coast cargo bay sweater. It keeps me warm and stylish. Say, that is a nice jumper. It's made from the finest Verex wool and handcrafted by novitiates in the underground monasteries of Van Manen's Star. Wow. Where can I get one? New North Coast Cargo Bay sweaters. Be the envy of your friends. Wow, every lady from here to the Empire. Be warm and toasty, even on the tenth planet of a dying star. Now on sale at Spark and Mensa. Better now? Better? Why, I feel so warm I'll probably never catch man flu again. Spark and Mensa. Because nothing says sexy like a neck-high jumper. Legacy on Lave Radio, broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy. Lave Radio, transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. And, and welcome back. That was a bit of a uh, surprise, Psychic. You never told us you'd done one of those. I did. I mentioned it. La- I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the Radio Seven album. But you know what? What would be amazing if if we we all have conversations and we actually listen to each other? You might have heard that information. <laughs> I'm managing six things all at once at the moment, mostly the dot system. Anyway, <laughs> let's have a quick look at um, the. The response that uh, people have had to the uh, uh, the live stream, live stream eight, which is will cover update twelve. Um, now, obviously, uh, I, I thought Psycho, we'll, we'll start with you. I mean, what was your what's your overall impression about what's coming? You think is it a, is it good enough? You think for uh, to keep your interest? I mean. That's a very loaded question, Colin. Um, I'm I'm very happy with the stuff that they've shown us, it, like with um, the the sit, being able to sit down and access menus and stuff is a a definite. Um, oh, yeah. The the thing with the thing with it is I they could have literally come out and said we're doing so many more things we're doing a lot of like so much more stuff than what we what we got on that thing and there would have mm-hmm. still been people that were upset um yeah, and that's not negating the if that people are disappointed with with that it might be it might be an opportune time to lower your expectations at this point mm-hmm. I, I say in the most diplomatic way that i can um i'm really stoked um i really I'm excited to try the new mission. Um, oh, good, you're going to try it? Because, oh, yeah, of course I am. Yeah, right. 
Of course I am. Um, I really, because, I mean, it, it's it's doing crimes and I, I quite like doing the crimes. So um, if it shows up, which I'm, I'm expecting it to be another one of these missions that shows up really rarely. I've only had a couple of opportunities to do the defend missions because they have such a small window. Yeah. Um, so I'd quite like, I, I hope I hope that I get the opportunity to do it a couple of times and um, form a good opinion of, on it. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing a nice long list of patches and little, just like little things and seeing, seeing what they've, what Frontier have found to be the stuff that they've been able to fix and maybe look at some of the things that are um notable by their absence that's what yeah. i'm really looking forward to yeah it's those well over a hundred bug fixes we're wanting to know what the the bug fixes are yeah i think people really want to know the detail on that and we, i guess we will have to wait and see um ben what did you think to the uh the news of uh live update eight yeah i'm i'm I don't want to say be a downer, but sit down and I can issue commands. Whoopee, fucking do. You know, <laughs> why? You know, <clears throat> it's a good thing. I think it's good that it's in there. Yeah. Um, not exactly filling me with enthusiasm, though. Um, it's like, yay, I can use a menu while I'm sitting down now. That's good. Why couldn't I do that originally? Um, on the other hand, like Sai said, you know, the new mission looks like it's a lot of fun, and the, the work they've put into that looks like a lot of fun. I hope there's a way to make it more common somehow. I don't know how you can do that without funging the the BGS stuff or something, but... Yeah. I mean, they um, have made one modification which I thought was surprising. Um you now get more money for handing things, you know, for selling illegal yeah. goods in the black market. That but again, is, that's not exactly weeks worth of development time. I, yeah, you wouldn't thought so. I mean, ironically, this is this is something that I really get a little bit annoyed about, is that I thought that goods on the black market would go for a lot more than what you actually get. Especially if it's in a high demand in that system. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it just feels wrong somehow that, you know, crime doesn't pay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. It's sure always fun, though. Oh, it's, it's, oh it might be it fun, is. but it should pay as well. But I, I mean, I do think that Frontier definitely took an approach a wee while back that we can make things fun or we can make them pay, but never the twain shall meet. Mm. Um, yeah, Alice Kremen is very gently reminding everybody that what they showed isn't everything. So yeah, we do need to remember that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what bugs they've gone off and fixed because you know they they've got pages and pages and pages of that. Yeah. Um, but the announced features don't exactly do it for me. Understandable. Okay, um, Chan. Um, as for the new mission type, I think I'll give it a go. Obviously, you know, you need to approach these things with an open mind. So, yeah, I'll mm -hmm. give the mission uh, I'll, I'll give the mission a go, see what it's like. Um, more money for illegal goods. I, I get where you're coming from, Colin. Um, mm -hmm. but, I think, but I think one thing I would 
um, I would say about the general tone of it is that Elite is now eight years old. So when you, as Sai said, when you look at your expectations, I don't think you should be measuring patches for a game that's six or under a year old. You should be looking at what other games are doing that's eight years old or older mm-hmm. and, and assess it through. You mean like Guild Wars 2? I wasn't going to mention that. Because... I was just sick in my mouth. I can't eat. I can't drink anymore tonight. Yeah, but actually, you don't have to drink anything because Ben said it. Yeah, Ben said it. I didn't say it at all. Um, so I think I'm, I'm trying to be a bit sort of neutral about it. Really, I was saying you need to you need to measure it against where it is in a game lifespan. Um, the hundred bug fixes will be interesting because what I would like to see done mm-hmm. is the list of bugs they were going to be working on in the bug tracker and then compare it to the list of bugs they have fixed. Because in previous releases, they gave, like, this bug fixed, this bug fixed in release 9, this bug fixed in whatever. It would be interesting to see that list compared to what these bugs are being fixed. Yeah, I know because there's a there's a couple of really small irritating bugs that I I deal with an awful lot, mostly to do with the the system map not working as it should, and it, it's I've reported it on the bug tracker. It's not being picked up, but I, I I'm hoping that you know there's little irritating git ones like that can just be knocked out, knocked off the list. Um, Psychic. There's normally at the at the end of it. There's there's normally like that section where on on like a um uh, a oh my god, I've said this like four times today. Mm. And the thing that Sally usually does, but it's likely to not be Sally because she's still recovering. Get what's in Sally. We love you very much. Um, Amen. Uh, what's it called? The the thing that they post that we're all looking forward to seeing. On the day of the patch notes. Oh my god! I think I think I think something just happened to me. Then I'm not comfortable with it. Did did you just have a a brain fluctuation? Full brain fart. Right at the bottom of the patch notes, they tend to put things that like the things that they've done before. They put a thing where they say we are aware of this kind of stuff, but we're planning. We're still looking at that, and it's not included in this notes. That is the thing that I'm the most interested in. I'd love to see what they are aware of, what they're working on. And what we what hopefully we we can update in the future that kind of thing. Holy crap! I don't know what just happened to me. Uh, I'm afraid I'm going to have to be the one to break it to you here, psychic. You just had your first. I had a senior. Colin moment, didn't I? <laughs> no, you've had a senior moment. Mate, I'm not even forty yet. Don't let me have that. <laughs> Too late. It's a senior moment. Welcome to the club. Oh no! <laughs> this is you guys. You guys have put years on me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be going grey next. Yeah, I, I was eighteen. Eighteen. I, I was eighteen years when I went grey. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I think I, I'm looking forward to update twelve. I think because it will be the bug fix, and it's the small things that I think. I mean, Ben can. Ben was probably a little, you know, it was a bit it was a bit grumpy. I say, well, sitting down. So what? But to some people, being able to sit down and interact with things is something that will bring the game to life for them. So, yeah, I don't know. I think for an eight-year-old game, it's okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've just asked for a vote in the uh, in the chat. Uh, I think today's episode should be Psychic Needs a Reboot. 
Control oh, outside. Control outside kit. <laughs> giving Psychic the three single fingered salute. We are not giving Psychic any three fingered salutes, thank you very much. No, I, I think she'll have words if we try that. That's that's just control alt delete. It's, you're not yeah. thinking of anything else. Yeah, and we're just gonna keep it Psychic needs a reboot and nothing about three fingers, okay? <laughs> oh god. No one brought three you just, fingers. You into just it, it this. You. you just made it worse. Oh dear. Anyway. <laughs> this isn't Psychic Smut Corner, Ben. Every corner's a Psychic Smut Corner. You're right, you're right. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, is there, is there, a, I mean, I've, I've just unleashed about this Blue and Galaxy map bug, this, this system map bug that I have to deal with. Um, is there any individual bug that you'd hope that is on this list and has been squashed? Oh, Shan said yes straight away. Go on, Shan. Well, I'm not sure. It, it probably doesn't affect that many people, but I, 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 I have two screens in front uh-huh. of my PC. And if I'm using the mouse to, click on menu items or try and scroll on the galaxy map or things like that. If my mouse goes onto the other screen, it just messes the display up. It doesn't, the mouse doesn't stick to one screen. It then scrolls across to the other and gets in the way. So yeah, I, I, it really bugs me. Didn't used to do it. It used to be fine, but since they, uh, they updated it, it just makes it a real pain. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit. Ben, is 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 the is a one bug that you're hoping that's on the list? Honestly, it's not really a bug. It's just don't have bloody bars with liquids in them without a, at least a sippy cup. <laughs> yeah, we've all got that sippy one. Cups little... Zero G stations, and I'll be I'll be happier. <laughs> Oh, that's that's up there with the Tina Tinisler graveyard, isn't it? Oh which God, we, yeah. Which well, we'll, we'll touch on later. Yeah, yeah. Um, it. Is there is there one little bug that you're hoping that's on the list? A bug? Yes. That is on the, um, I don't know. I I don't. I, nothing that I can think of that is something that makes the game literally unplayable for me. Yeah. I would. I would like to see. Uh, um, uh, an option for a a hotkey for Super Cruise Assist. That that would be lovely. I would love to see that kind of thing in there, along with a looking for wing function. But <laughs> well, quality of life, not bugs, though, aren't they? Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, that would be that would be my that would be like not not necessarily a bug, just something that gripes me that there isn't one there. I'd, mm. I'd like to have um, have that, and I'd also like multi-jump routing in fleet carriers, and I'd also very much like... And that's a, a feature for the not a bug. Yeah, I know. I'm, I've, I'm, getting, I'm getting away from bugs. Um, mm. Just things that... Th- these things bug me, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of um, bug. 
and um, I'd like to be able to transfer, f um, to have the opportunity to tell my men who are my little, my lads on my fleet carrier to transfer the fuel from the storage in the fleet carrier to the fuel in the fleet carrier without having to use my ship as a Oh, hell fleet. yes. Oh, there, there's a... There's, there you go. There's yes. the, those are the bugs that I will be seeing. <laughs> I'll agree with Little Biggin in the... Um, uh, in in the chat because one thing especially with my trip to colonia um in odyssey the route map when you actually it doesn't stay consistent it disappears from time to time and it's in horizons you could keep that blooming route map over several game sessions without it being a problem and then oh, it, it is just one of those little pains in the butt uh, so yeah, if if, you, if you're listening frontier, then um, yeah, those those we're hoping those are on the list. Uh, as I mean, as far as the whole frame shift live uh, presentation went, um, I thought that it was really well put together. I think obviously the fact that they've had more time to prepare really did help. I mean. Yeah, there was the, the usual fluff towards the end of it, and I think they do talk a little bit too much about Twitch drops. But mm. apart from that, I thought that the, the whole presentation uh, for uh, Frameshift Live was actually a mark above, because they actually put something in there that was, yeah, you could something you could, you, you felt there was substance. Um, it's like it. I think a lot of it mm -hmm. is, is definitely to do with the having two weeks because can confirm if you've got a scheduled thing that you are and making sure that you're putting out content for, it's a lot easier to go two weeks than it is to do it on a weekly um, uh, with um, when you when you want to make sure that there were interviews and other things like that and all scheduling and all of those kind of things. Making mm -hmm. something two, week, um, two weekly is going to be great. I think a lot of it is down to the fact that they've got this producer in as well. Yeah. Um, and having having someone on staff who is there to facilitate um, a lot more of a of a smoothness while the live streams are going on, it's it's been such a breath of fresh air to see them come back to their studios and do those kind mm -hmm. of things. I really like it. Um, they um, it's. It's interesting. I'm, I'm going to be very interesting to see how long that they maintain this. Yes. I mean, I must admit, I'm hoping that they do. Um, ben? To, I, I have to admit, I mean, I, I liked the old couch set that they use um, rather than having the, the two guys behind in front of a green street screen. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I think I prefer the the two guys in front of the green screen kind of thing. I do. I do prefer that to the. I think. I think the, the reason around. why I prefer the the real set is, you know, every streamer and their dog can sit in front of a green screen and and change their backgrounds and things like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas the physicality of the the couches that they had. With the knickknacks and the things that they had in there, that was always interesting to see, and they always changed it up a little bit. Hmm. Um, they still have that set. I'm sure that, they that, do. That set hasn't gone anywhere because yeah. they're they're, they're, um, 
uh, Warhammer um, stuff is being well the, the the last things i watched sorry paul i've been busy <laughs> but the last thing um the the last things i watched all came from came from that set yeah, so I, I wonder what i wonder what the decision process was behind that because i can see bonuses to each way yeah uh, i mean they could have even if they just had something like you know the interview with tom on the couches rather than in a generic meeting room I imagine the reason that is is because something else was going on in that room at the time. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. Uh, Sean? I like the original broom cupboard they had with Ed Lewis. Um, I thought he's, that, of course, it no, was Philip Schofield. Yeah, no. he's just missing God and the Gulfer, isn't he? No, no, the, the, the first set of streams Ed did, you know, where it was just like a, a, a green screen with water, a background. It was just kind of like I don't know, it, it wasn't pretentious, it wasn't saying here's something artificial, it's you know, here's here's just a here's just a guy enjoying the game with his mates kind of look, which which I really appreciated. Yeah, it, it, uh, Ed's presentation style was a lot more personal and I think I think it was a, a different time then. Uh, now things are a little bit more um I shall, I shall put it frantic. Uh, there's more to the game than there was then, which is uh, ironic, really. Uh, go on, Ben. What do you want to talk about, Zach? Yeah, I actually just want to say something that was one of the questions. I think it was on this week's stream that they were asked was how they got into Frontier and things like that. Mm. And I was so impressed at Zach for trying to join Frontier, changing what he did, trying to join Frontier. Adding more experience, trying to join Frontier, more experience, trying to join Frontier, more experience. And I, I thought the persistence and the dedication Zach has shown to getting into Frontier, you know, that needs a full-on slash salute, I think. Mm -hmm. so, I didn't, didn't recall that bit, so what did he do? Would he sort of start out as a... He basically, he, he just kept what? getting more... He, no, he just kept getting... He applied to join Frontier and didn't sort of get an interview got more experience, applied to join Frontier again, didn't get an interview, applied to join Frontier. Yeah, I don't know the full story because it's nothing to do with any of us, but you know, mm -hmm. he applied to join Frontier as a CM many, many, many times, apparently. And full kudos to him for that. He was saying that the, the things that he did were... Um, Stuff like work, or even if it's just working on something on a personal level, like yeah, with, doing, uh, his, own doing his own stuff. streams and doing yeah. sort of like and just gaining more experience within the industry. And he kept like he would keep going for it and not get and not getting it and not being concerned about it. And I think that's something that's really echoed a lot across like the the game, especially especially in game development. Game development is a t really difficult industry to get into it especially um as something that's other than a um than a tester um so it's really um from for for people who are looking to get into that i th I've, i found it really fascinating and something really um just something to to keep in the back of my mind like when when something happens or if you get a no from somewhere it's fine mm -hmm. just do something else and then try again yeah yeah um anyway uh i think what we're going to do is um wrap this 
conversation up here and move over to what's been happening in the community corner. And, well, let's get it out of the way. I was utterly humiliated by the latest Buckyball run. 28th out of 29 people. I, I, I have nothing but pure shame. I can only apologize. And I deserve to be laughed at. I think that that's... I might as well have done it in an adder. Oh, you had a go, Colin. As long as you had a go, it's all good. No, it's not good because basically I I would have had a much better time if I hadn't have sold uh, that one extra ton of beer mats at that one at the furthest point away, and I just could not get back to do another run. Oh, it was and um, yeah, it was. It's one of those moments where you think I'm doing great, I'm doing great, I'm going to finally hit the top ten, and then. That was like one of the one of the worst things about it was having that muscle memory to remember to just sell one every time. No, oh. the, 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 I have an issue with the joystick. The joystick actually sometimes the the fire button fires a double click instead of a normal one. It's it, it's something I'm having to deal with, and it's oh. yeah. You know what they say about a bad workman, Colin? No, no. I'm going to stick up for I'm going to stick up for Colin here, actually. Oh no! Because my humiliation is is on YouTube, uh, on uh, it's on it's on Twitch. It's 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 fully there for for everybody to see. Yeah, but they, Colin, Colin, what you have to realise is that, as I said, at least you turned up and had a go. There were thousands of other players. You think, now nah, I can't bother with that, or I can't do any good, or you had a go, and that's the important thing. You deserve a badge saying I had a go. <laughs> God's truth. I think, uh, here, have a wooden spoon. Yeah. Um, so for those of the who are interested in uh, the Buckyball, um, the Buckyball was um, was organised by our own our Psykit. And, um, yes, did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. I'm glad I took a week off after it because I needed it. <laughs> um, like, I must admit, a couple, uh, the whole of, I think it was the Wednesday of my um, my time off, most of that was watching other people's runs. Um, yeah. Brewski did an amazing thing with, um, he's got like a whole YouTube video about how he worked it out, but he, he plotted individual jumps. Um, use Super Cruise Assist because Super Cruise Assist I hadn't I hadn't excluded from the rules, but um, his his one was fascinating and he did it in what I would have classed as an inhuman time before um, he. This is on the unlimited run, of course, mm-hmm. um, but um, it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I'm very much looking forward to the next one, which is the Seven Sisters Speedway, which is happening on June the 11th. Because right. apparently they just don't stop this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the, it's like the Formula One at the moment. I'm really enjoying the Formula One, and then on top of this, in in Elite World, I've got I'm taking part in the Buckyballs, which come round a lot faster than I was expecting. So you're doing as well as Mercedes, then? Oh no, I'm doing worse than Mercedes. I really am. I'm I'm down there with Williams at the moment. <laughs> You are the Nicholas Latifi of Buckyball. Oh, oh, that's cruel. When I said it, I was like, I'm so, that's so mean. I'm so sorry, Colin. It's almost as bad as saying you're you're the worst thing I've ever said to you. I am so sorry. (laughs) At least it was not the Mazapan. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, oh dear. Yeah, <laughs> launch and then spin into the side of the station. <laughs> anyway, yes. Um, so I think I'm, I've got to thank Commander uh, Homburger for actually being worse than me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you can't give me the wooden spoon yet. It's only the last person that gets the wooden spoon. So, um, yeah. So, again, Commander Shane Blackwood came first. Um, with uh, uh, Sugger and uh, Brewski uh, taking second and third in the regulation Cobra section. And uh, we have Commander Brewski and the aforementioned, followed by Shane Blackwood and Commander M.O. in the unlimited section. Um, you did quite well yourself, didn't you, Psychic? Yeah. And, um, it, it, don't, it don't really matter because um, organisers yeah, only get one point anyway. But um, just ah. for clarification, it's Shay Blackwood and Captain MD, not MO. The font is a little tricky to read, though. So um, that's yeah, that, that's, that's that's a little unfair. I'm, I'm I'm looking... no, I'm just, no, I'm just clarifying, Colin. I'm not trying to be <laughs> trying to be mean. I'm just clarifying the names. Yeah, great. Hey, have a wooden spoon and some new stronger glasses. Thanks. Um, in addition to that, um, Alec Turner, with the help of Commander Tokuso, put together a Buckyball Racers video, which I think was fantastic because it reminded me of the jam so much. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes, and yeah, you've, you've got to watch it. It's great fun. Uh, so, yeah, when was the next? when's the next Buckyball then? Um, 11th of June, I believe. Um, Excellent. So, like, yeah, like, what is that? Like, three weeks? Two weeks? Great! Two weeks on Saturday! Excellent. I mean, I must admit, so far, I have really enjoyed this. This I didn't think... It, um, I thought I'd only just take part every now and again, but um, it really has got underneath my skin, this. Um, it's, uh, yeah. It's incredibly Moorish. <laughs> that's one way of looking at it and apparently we're still all um, joint 12th mm -hmm. yeah although technically you've done a lot faster times than me which is why you're higher up in the, amongst the 12s I'm um, the best 12th place person <laughs> <laughs> not that it matters because I'm still 12th I'd, I'd like to um, my aim is there's four more races left my aim is to for at least one of them A be Epiphus and B um, be in a position of um, of getting more than one point yeah I mean I must admit I'd like to be out of the one point club ju just for once That's, that was one of the reasons why I was really upset <laughs> about, about what, would, what happened oh yeah, the adder of shame. Anyway, <laughs> moving on from there, um, Obsidian Ant put out an interesting video. He's he's changing his um, the format to the video slightly by focusing on uh, some things which are missing from Elite Dangerous to some things which are in Elite Dangerous but really, really good. Um, so, the... Uh, the subject of this week's video was Elite Dangerous Dash Missing in Action, and it's Ben's favourite. That's the Tianisla Graveyard. That, yeah, um, ah, we, why is that not in-game? We've got all the art <laughs> assets in-game. 
put it in the Lagrange one point between Team Nylar and the Sun and chuck in some wrecks. If you can, make some Star of Davids and, vari- and various other religious icons, including non-denominational ones, if you can. Um, and... Oh, I wish that were in-game. I so do. And put the player memorials in there. Well, that, why the hell they aren't there, I don't know. It's the obvious place for it. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I must admit, when, the, when they said that the player memorials were going in... I know. I was just looking at each other going... Okay, thanks for putting them in, but why didn't you... See, the thing is, I don't know whether or not the writers or the... I don't know whether they've got to avoid putting things in to do with the Dark Wheel due to um, legal issues. There does seem... Although there does seem to be... I mean, I remember when I was was working with Dave Hughes on on the the first thing... Counters role playing game. Uh, Dave had problems, legal problems, with uh, people claiming to have the copyright and involving anything to do with. Um, yeah, but that, I thought that was uh, Ian Bell and well, and uh, Chris, is I wasn't Chris? actually going to mention the names there, Ben. But yeah, but yes, that's got that's there. got nothing to do, that's got nothing to do with Robert Holstock and his book. Well, it has actually because that. Yeah, it, it has, because it has got something to do with the fact it was published under the Acorn name. Mm. And there's, 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 there's legal entanglements that they, they are Maybe. making claims on. And I think if they try and put something in, then... yeah, Sorry, I hope, I hope you're wrong, but you might be, not, might be right. Surely it doesn't have to be in Tinisla, though. Surely they could put it in Deso or Love, and then just kind of... Did you so just announce Lav? Lave of yes, Lav? Yes, you did. You know the show's called Lave Radio, just to clarify. Yeah, I've always called it Lav. When I, when I first started playing the game, back when it was out, I'd never called it Lave. I always called it Lav, so it just spills over. But anyway, the point is, you you needn't <laughs> have it in Tien Isla. You could have it somewhere else. No, but that's the point. And then it everybody wouldn't be the Tien Isla graveyard. Yeah, but everybody wants the tea in as the graveyard. Yeah. Well, not every. I don't mean to presume. A lot of OG places. Everybody. A lot of the OG eighty fourers would appreciate <laughs> the tea in as the graveyard. Yes. Yes, and it's and, the question you know, that you always Shan, ask. Oh yeah, and I will always ask. To be fair to Shan, even David Braben doesn't pronounce Lave correctly. Well, that's on that's on Braben. And well, it's on chat as well. Be, someone will be able to pronounce the name of a show that they're supposedly on. <laughs> well, it could be worse. It could be. A, it could be. All right, we're all living in Lavi. <laughs> Welcome to Love Radio, where we have a waitrose and a, a car could... delivery. <laughs> yeah, so hey, don't just... you dare this waitrose! Don't wait. I'm not <laughs> And Marks and Spencer uh, as well. Love their sandwiches, but anyway. I, I do like Marks and Spencer's uh, seeded bread. It's very, it's, it's very nice. <laughs> right. Well, I think I think we'll move on from that before things get a little bit. And at least it's not a cobra. Jesus yeah. Right. <laughs> Actually, I was going to comment on the uh, on the Oasis um, thing. I like his idea of where it goes, sort of like a plus and a minus, but. Personally, I would have gone for a plus before having a minus. 
So I would have started on an upbeat tone rather than a negative tone. But anyway, I don't mm-hmm. make the videos. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I can understand where you're coming from there, Shan. Uh, I mean, just I'm just checking the community events just to see if there's anything uh, happening at the moment. Uh, no, I'm afraid to say there doesn't seem to be anything happening for the rest of this month in May. Uh, not on the community tracker, anyway. That's something that Frontier actually mentioned on Thursday's stream, too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's, like really, uh, it's a bit quiet. It, there was so much stuff would go on, like, as soon as it came out, and up until sort of mid-May, there's been so much activity. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think part and parcel, it might just be due to it being, like, holiday season. Yeah. As well, people, mm. look, when it gets warmer, not... Uh, not us stalwart gamers, but there are um, other people that apparently go out of their houses. Yes, I know. Well, at, at least they will be able to put in the next Buckyball on June the 11th, so that'll be that'll be good. Um, go on, question. You got uh, go on, Shan. You got a question about events? Yeah, I'm just wondering if Frontier missed a trick here by not having like the Emperor's Jubilee or making a series of events to kind of reflect what's happening in the UK at the moment. Just kind of like a bit of fun, a bit of celebration. Oh God, no, because then, no. then the people will be like, why aren't you doing it for America or why aren't you doing it for France or Germany or wherever? Well, it's their fault they decided to get rid of the monarchy. So, you know, if they don't want to celebrate a monarch's Jubilee, then we'll fall then, isn't it? <sighs> yeah, there we go then. Um, right. Uh, I think we will uh, move on from the community corner to mostly clueless. Well, this is something that I've put in. Um, because I've been doing a lot of orbiting of planets, uh, I thought I'd say that um, if you need to orbit a planet quickly, keep your ship's pitch between minus five and plus five degrees, i.e. the blue zone, and you will get a speed boost as you orbit the planet. Um, obviously, the higher you are on the planet, the faster you will go, so um, it's... Uh, it's um, advantageous to do a, a kind of orbital loop uh, if you need to get from one side of the planet to another. I mean, I normally find it quicker to use that um, that blue, the blue boost, if you like, uh, instead of actually going out of orbit and then flying back in to orbit, if you see what I mean. Um, any other business? Well, we, we have had uh, an email from uh, Domzilla... Um, twelve. yes. Uh, and um, he says further to episode 390 mostly clueless regarding levelling up engineers with uh, cartographic details it was something I'd heard of but never tried Uh, I've just landed at Bill Turner and there doesn't seem to be any option to hand in cartographic data uh, so I'll have to assume what I heard was bogus also being on the Xbox I'm extremely interested in Ben's quest for knowledge regarding the GeForce streaming on Xbox uh, but also he's got an older laptop and wondered if using the GeForce on the laptop was an option too. Yes, to um, both, and I think we covered it last week, really, didn't we? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think we did. Um, ben, you have um, more. Oh, can I comment on that mostly clueless very quickly? Oh, yeah, quickly. Um, it, it's not completely bogus. As far as I'm aware, if they have the option to give cartographic data, you can level up with them. Not every engineer does. Because right. um, I've, I've, I, I, from personal experience, I've definitely done it with one of them. 
Mm. Um, but um, evidently, it doesn't look like um, Bill. Um, <laughs> chatting like he's my old mate. This Bill, this Kevin. <laughs> Derek. Yeah, yeah, but fuck Kevin, all right? <laughs> he knows sure? what he did. He should be now forever more known as dead Derek. But but oh, clearly Bill Bill doesn't have it available. I swear I've been able to do it before. Mm. Right. Ben, you have... Yeah, so I know we're, we're doing stuff to do with the Dex Legacy at the moment. And, you know, massive shout out to them mm-hmm. uh, for their audio drama. But I, I also found another audio drama on, you know, just came in on my podcasts which was Marvel's Squirrel Girl, the unbeatable radio show. And it's, it's a series of six half-hour audio dramas that is absolutely delightful and hilarious to listen to if you've got, you know, if you've got sort of a half-hour of time in your, in your day. Um, it, yeah, it's just, it's absolutely adorable. Yeah, listen, if you like audio drama, go to listen. And you'll, oh, I suppose, and you like Marvel stuff. Yeah. Um, apparently, um, any other business... Odyssey is now currently 40% off in Steam. And on Epic. And on Epic, but not on the Frontier Store. That, that is annoying that that is, happens quite often. Mm. Uh, it's also, I believe, Elite Dangerous Horizons, technically now, is available for four ninety nine. Oh. That's actually oh, if you want an extra account, that's not too bad. Yeah, um, Shan. Yeah, I was going to reply to Cassiana in um, in chat. Yeah, Cartier Graphics is exactly how I say it. How did you know? <laughs> I think she was commenting because that's how Colin pronounced it, and that was what the joke was. Never mind. Yeah. It, that would have involved you listening to what somebody else said, Shan. So, well, no, no Colin said it normally. Colin said it normally. They didn't. Register. Well, it, it's pretty much uh, the vocal equivalent or equivalent of Russian roulette. My pronunciation, so um, we'll just have to move on from that. Um, we just yeah, sit no, and wait and wonder what's going to come out. It's quite the exciting <laughs> time, actually. As usual, I need a tongue transplant. This one doesn't seem to fit. Anyway, um, yeah, No Man's Sky apparently is on sale at the moment as well, but uh, we shall move on to the shout-outs. Um, episode 2 of The Dex Legacy, The Hunt, will premiere on Live Radio next week. That's the 31st to the 5th at 8 o'clock before our show. More information you can find at thedexlegacy.com. Uh, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at uh, half eight. Tune in at twitch.tv Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. For the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash CQC. And one thing that um, I'm going to try to do, especially this weekend, is at eight o'clock on a Sunday, 8, 8 p.m., uh, GMT uh, or British Summertime, the loose screws get together um, and start doing a CQC session. And one of these days, I will turn up and I will get massacred by the Cheese Master Jig and and uh, probably Musketeer as well. But I am determined at one point to turn up. 
Um, we'll also give shout outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts, which are Allegrab AM, there's a Canon podcast, Spanish speakers have the Elite Cast, there's a Fatherhood podcast, uh, Flight Assist, who's on Flight Assist this week? I mean, it's Commander Chick. <laughs> You literally just mentioned them. <laughs> well, there you go. The cheese master himself. He's getting um, about a bit, isn't he? He is a bit. Um, we have the uh, guard frequency who do other space sims and now anything space, apparently. <laughs> um, loose screws featuring the aforementioned Commander Shig. Um, squeaking fuel and system chat. Um, for those who want a literary discussion, there is the um, Data State podcast, which is created by uh, Alan Stroud when um, when he's able to, because he's very busy. Uh, and following this, we have a Galnet News Digest as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejude. All right, we'd like to thank all those who have chipped in on the Twitch chat uh, uh, and any in-game commanders. Um, Chris, have you had many people run around? Oh, Chris isn't here, is he? <laughs> well, we have to thank Chris Mark Chris, for... Chris has been running around with Miggles. Miggles, um, oh, obviously 88. Oblivious. Oh, you got it, Colin. Yeah, obvious 88 and Cyber Hunter. Oblivious. Oblivious, still oblivious. Oblivious. Oh, God. Ob yeah, obviously <laughs> I, I oblivious. I eye transplant might be underway as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to... I don't want to... Uh, it feels wrong. I know I'm defending Colin here, Cy, but... Remember that you had Colin's tongue when you were Easy. hosting. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we've all we've all had a Colin Thompson. What? What? Oh, oh no! Yeah, no. I just, I just like had perpetual brain farts. I'm pretty sure I can't remember. It's been a while now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Reading is hard, isn't it, Colin? Yeah. Well, we've got to get a check up on system chat because Wintermute is saying that they folded a long time ago. Um, <laughs> uh, and of course, for anybody who's a Star Wars fan, who's looking forward to Friday? Well, it's a double Friday, in, isn't it? People in the UK can't watch Star Wars. I thought. Oh no, not yeah. quite. Uh, not Star Wars. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm thinking strange Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Oh yeah, the Star we, yeah, we can't watch that. Hang on, hang on, you just mixed up Star Wars and Star Trek, and you're having go at me for having a. Oh, shut up, Harry Potter! <laughs> bloody hell! Get back in your bloody TARDIS! <laughs> yeah, that's it, Daniel Radcliffe for the next Doctor. That's what we want. <laughs> Talking about TV, if you've seen today's Better Call Saul episode, absolutely stunning. Brilliant episode. Oh. Right, well, we'll also say special thanks to Commander Tokoso, JN Trax and Helen Stroud, who have all created uh, music for this show. So that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, hit, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio, and you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Now, do get in touch if you've got any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com. So, thanks to Shan, thanks to Ben, thanks to Psykit, and of course, special thanks goes to today's tech specialist, Commander Ventura, and um, also the Chris Mark for, for stepping into streaming duties for, for this evening. 
but until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Digest, 24th of May, 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, with salvation promising that the end of the war against the Thargoids is finally in reach, we speculate about what that might actually mean. An end to all Thargoids? Thargoids and humans living peacefully together. A damp squib? Or something more sinister? We have known that we're not alone in the galaxy for more than 250 years. Strange, organic, octagonal spaceships were spotted as early as 3050. That they were hostile was beyond doubt, but they proved elusive. History is unclear about the circumstances surrounding the first big war with Thargoids in the 3100s, but it is clear that an organisation rather pompously called the Intergalactic Naval Reserve Arm INRA, developed something called the mycoid virus, a fungal payload carried by a virus that brought the war to an end overnight, probably in 3193, the crash site of John Jameson's Cobra Mark III that carried the payload to the heart of the Thargoid war machine can be visited in the HIP-12099 system Planet 1B, and the voice notes found there confirm this event actually happened. The earliest reliably documented encounter with Thargoids was 82 years earlier, in 3111. A research base on Muscadark region PJ-P B6-1 Planet 3 discovered active so-called barnacle sites. The operation was swiftly taken over by an organisation called Azimuth Biochemicals, which saw the potential for creating weaponry, 
weaponry for use in conflict between humans, from the alien technology discovered there. Only two years later, a research group working for Azimuth Biochemicals on trapezium sector YU-X, C1-2 Planet 1A, the site of an ancient battle between Thargoids and another alien species, the Guardians, managed to create a working and devastating weapon using Guardian artefacts recovered from the battlefield. They didn't manage to control the power of the weapon and killed themselves while testing it. The knowledge of their discovery lay unknown to the rest of humanity for nearly 200 years. After a long time absent, Thargoids began to cause problems for humanity in 3302 and 3303 after humanity established its first bases in the Pleiades Nebula. The rediscovery of Thargoid barnacles and their potent meta-alloy fruit encouraged settlement in the Pleiades, an area that turned out to be already populated by Thargoids, who appeared none too pleased that humans were stealing their crops. Once again it was Azimuth Biochemicals who encountered the Thargoids first, and this time they had a different crazy scheme to weaponize alien technology by splicing humans into the neural networks of Thargoid Scout spacecraft, allowing humanity to fight back against the Thargoids using Thargoid technology. The scientist in charge of these trials, Professor Thomas Dorn, appears to have had little regard for the human test subjects that died during his ultimately unsuccessful experiments. The mysterious sponsor of the Azimuth research program, known only as the Witch, called a halt to the research program when the larger Thargoid interceptor ships started arriving in greater numbers, and when the news of the Thargoid's return became common knowledge. Aegis Research and Defence was established by the superpowers to investigate the aliens and to protect humanity. Aegis developed a number of ship-scale weapons using Guardian technology, and these have allowed humanity to drive back repeated waves of Thargoids. Last year, in April 3307, the mysterious scientist Salvation popped up out of nowhere asking for help to find the sister ship of the Adamaster, a 200-year-old ghost ship that had once belonged to Azimuth Biochemicals and that had been sent to investigate the first Thargoid barnacle sightings all those years ago. Following a trail to the Hesperus and then to its tender, the Anaconda Proteus, Salvation used Commander's ingenuity to rediscover the 200-year-old prototype weapon in the trapezium sector that used Guardian technology and that had killed the people that built it. Both Aegis and Salvation suddenly started showing a lot of interest in gathering as much Guardian technology as they possibly could. The fully laden Aegis megaship Alexandria was sabotaged and pirated for its cargo of Guardian artefacts, apparently by agents working for Azimuth Biochemicals and by the mysterious witch, leaving Aegis with little credibility and without the means to research new anti-Thargoid weapons. Commanders flocked to help Salvation gather Guardian technology, leaving Aegis largely sidelined. It is unclear what Azimuth needed Guardian technology for, but Salvation found himself with plentiful stocks of the alien devices, and he used them to build a star system-sized superweapon based on that 200-year-old Azimuth prototype. He appears to have lured Thargoids to invade the Kornsar system by seeding it with Guardian materials so he could try out his new weapon. On the 20th of September, the first firing of Salvation's superweapon wiped the Kornsar system clear of Thargoids, leaving a large number of wrecked Thargoid ships on planets throughout the system. 
He used the same technology three more times in the Pleiades in December 3307, with Delphi, Maya and Merope being cleared of the majority of Thargoids. Some of the former leaders of the by now disbanded Aegis, Professor Alba Tesro of the Research Division and Admiral Aidan Tanner of the Defence Organisation expressed deep disquiet about the methods Salvation was using, suggesting that the weaponry was unsafe, untested and unethical. Tanner was arrested and court-martialed after losing the megaship Musashi, while trying to extract information about Salvation from Taurus mining ventures in the Titori system. Tesro worked with engineer and guardian weapons specialist Ram Tar to reverse engineer Salvation's technology. They discovered that it uses a massive electromagnetic pulse that can be tuned to affect different technologies, and called for greater independent scrutiny over Salvation's work. Nonetheless, Salvation pressed on. Proclaiming Aegis to be finished, Salvation said that at some time this year, 3308, he will unleash a weapon so powerful that it will change the course of the war with the Thargoids. He's not yet lived up to this boast, although he did recently use the superweapon three more times in Sosong, Didio and Novas, actions that consolidated the superpower's support for Salvation completely. The superpowers are now entirely dependent on Salvation to deliver on his promise. The Alliance's deal with Sirius Corporation notwithstanding, although independent anti-Zeno squadrons and pilots have cleared a number of systems, most recently HIP-38226 and very soon Paukuman, without assistance from Salvation. So at some point, possibly very soon, Salvation is going to fire his reworked superweapon, bringing an end to conflict between humans and the Thargoids. What exactly is going to happen? It's not clear if the weapon will affect all Thargoids throughout the galaxy, or if it'll still operate one system at a time. It's not clear if the weapon will destroy Thargoids, or just make things unpleasant for them to make them run away. It's not clear, actually, what level of control Salvation has over the Thargoids. Salvation's first problem is that there are actually no systems suffering from Thargoid incursion, if we discount the small number of non-human signal sources in Paukuman. It's not going to look too good if he fires his superweapon and nobody notices the effect, because there weren't any Thargoids there in the first place. So, will he pull the Kornsar gag again and plant Guardian materials to lure the Thargoids into a prominent system? And if so, can we really say that the Thargoids are a significant threat, if we have to bait them to get them to attack? But in any case, assuming there are Thargoids for Salvation to attack, what are the likely outcomes? The best outcome for Salvation might be the total annihilation of the Thargoids, an extinction-level event brought about using his technology. No more Thargoids. The Call 70 sector might be opened up, and we could gaze in awe at the ruins of a once great civilization, and perhaps we might just feel a little guilty. Folk would talk of Salvation and how he managed to do what John Jameson failed to do 120 years ago, and the Anti-Xeno Initiative, and all the other Anti-Xeno combat pilots, and Operation Ida, and those who rescue people from burning stations, would have to find something else to do. We would be alone in the galaxy once again. Salvation would have an enormous superweapon that would be utterly useless. Unless he tuned it to be effective against human ships. What? if the weapon doesn't work, or if it only works partially, 
At the very least, there are likely to be recriminations for those that chose to abandon Aegis and put their faith solely in salvation, including the three superpowers. With Aegis shut down, if salvation fails to deliver, humanity will be defenceless against the Thargoids, except for those independent pilots that continued to fight the Thargoids in ship-to-ship combat. Would Aegis be reinstated? How long would it take? And what if the Thargoids respond with bigger and better ships? Perhaps those motherships we've heard rumours of. Huge carriers with hundreds, possibly thousands of smaller Thargoid ships. And with huge weapons capable of destroying surface installations. Perhaps we'll see more advanced forms of interceptor. Or perhaps we'll see new mutations of existing ships and weapons. Perhaps the interceptors will lose their patience with human ships and will shoot on sight, rather than being gently curious. Perhaps the Thargoids will develop an interest in taking over or destroying human bases, not just damaging them, properly destroying them. Will settlements get wiped out by marauding bands of Thargoids? And if they have to adapt to a Guardian hybrid superweapon by developing countermeasures... Will the effectiveness of Ramtars and Aegis's smaller Guardian-based technology also decrease? Will fighting the Thargoids get harder? But perhaps Salvation isn't planning to annihilate the Thargoids. Perhaps he believes that by threatening them with his very large weapon, he can persuade them to live peacefully with humanity. It sounds a bit unlikely, given the written record of how the Guardians failed to negotiate with the Thargoids millions of years ago. Perhaps Salvation is seeking galactic peace, a time of prosperity, where we can trade occupied escape pods for meta-alloys, and where all species can benefit through mutual trade and cooperation. Perhaps. If Salvation were not impeccably trustworthy, and if he didn't have humanity's best interests at heart, which we're all sure he does, and if Salvation can control the Thargoids with a combination of Guardian materials as a lure and his super-weapon to scare them off, he would be in an excellent position to blackmail whole systems with the threat of Thargoid infestation. Using Thargoids as his puppets, Salvation could hold humanity to ransom. Or what if he's in a position to complete Professor Thomas Dorn's research and can have a fleet of human-operated Thargoid scouts? Perhaps then he wouldn't even need to control the real Thargoids. And if he can tune his superweapon to knock out human ships, that would give evil Salvation yet another string to his supervillain bow. Perhaps Salvation plans to enslave the human race. Perhaps when he talks of an end to conflict, he means that both Thargoids and humanity will be working together for Salvation's evil empire. We don't even know who Salvation is. Does he have anything to do with Azimuth Biochemicals and the Witch? Does he work for the club that some people believe already runs the galaxy? Is he even a person at all? Perhaps he's a Thargoid, intent on gaining our trust, getting us to drop our defences, and then wiping us out. So, can we trust Salvation with our destiny? If we do... And it seems as though the superpowers have put all their anti-Xeno eggs into Salvation's basket. Then we'd better start hoping he's not going to provoke fiercer retaliation from the Thargoids, or attempt to take humanity hostage, or establish an evil empire with all the species of the galaxy under his totalitarian rule. And we'd better hope he's not a Thargoid. And that's this week's Galnet News. 
Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. Website at www.thedexlegacy.com where you can find out all about our cast, buy merch, support the show, and access bonus materials. 